And now, the continuing saga of popcorn and monsters as brought to you by CK and WWFD Productions. Chapter 5 Hello, Mara. What Larry said was mostly accurate. It did indeed look like a bundle of bandages. Igor gently prodded it with his foot and said, Does seem to be vaguely human in shape, and that's something to be relieved about, I suppose. There was no movement from the off-white pile that lay on top of the beanbag chair, but then there was a dry and distant groan. The shape then flipped itself over and everyone jumped back. Whatever it was looked into the faces of the four guests of the room, checking their eyes for anything untoward. Hatred? Derision? No, not that they could see. Just fear. Mostly curiosity. Nobody moved. Nobody said anything. Time seemed to slow. Not in the way it had before. Just a a regrouping moment. The other four were scared, because none of them, even while being beings of unnatural existence, had ever encountered a mummy before. They had heard stories, stories of terror, curses, relentless and purposeful mummies who would go about their work with great vengeance and can never be stopped. The mummy looked at them with unseen eyes and spoke. Do you have a kettle? I could kill for a cuppa. A cuppa? asked Igor. Yeah, you know, a cup of tea, a brew, a hot cup of joe. No, wait, that's coffee. Any road, any chance? I am dead thirsty, and it helps keep me calm, and considering the circumstances, I think I need calming down, if that's okay with you. Larry butted in. Okay, it's okay. No need for the attitude, dude. We're all in the same boat here. Anyway, we don't have a kettle. No kitchen, no kettle. Sorry. Well, what's that over there? Looks like a kitchen to me. They all looked away from Mummy, who had had their full attention since their arrival, and looked over to where there used to be a wall, but now, in its place, stood a kitchen. Nothing spectacular, but had a cooker, a sink, Washing machine, and most importantly, a kettle for some tea. Just when I thought this place couldn't freak me out any more than it has. Igor and Lumpy helped Mummy to its feet. Igor steadied the Mummy and spoke with his cultured tones. Please, allow me to do some introductions. My name is Igor. This here on my right is the Count. Our tall and wide friend here, for now, has the moniker of Lumpy. And that hairy beast is... Wolfie, said Larry, interrupting Igor. I beg your pardon? I've been thinking about it. I don't think Larry's really a name that suits a wolfman, you know. Maybe someone who used to be a boring bank teller back home. Could be anybody. I took it from a cartoon I used to watch as a kid, called the Groovy Ghoulies. So yeah. I'm Wolfie. There was a general reaction of, hey, your life, your name, we're cool. 
and Wolfie went to the kitchen to check it out. So, Mr. Miss, so tell me, our new arrival, what is your tale? Were you in the middle of some climactic life event, some drama, some happening in your existence that ended up with you here? Mummy looked at him with sharp eyes. Probably. You couldn't actually see any eyes within the bandages that completely wrapped the body from head to toe. There were gaps for the eyes, but there was only a dark visor of space that could be seen. How did you know that? Oh, I take it you lot have all been doing something. Some party or such that went haywire. We all arrived at different times. This is no trap or trick that's being played upon you. However, we were all involved in some moment of our lives that was more than your usual sitting by the fire enjoying a sherry with my shows being played on the radio. Everyone stopped and looked at Igor. I see, said the Count. While opening cupboards, Wolfie giggled a little bit behind a hairy hand, and even Lumpy could sense the jocular tone and grunted in amusement once. But at what? He didn't know. Igor merely sighed and accepted the giggles. If you gentlemen are quite finished with amusing yourselves, may we return to our new friend here? Pray, Mummy, regale us with your story of how you came to be here, and whether it can shed any light on our shared predicament. Mummy was still a little wary of them all, which seemed fair enough given the line of work that the new guest had been brought up in. However, it couldn't sense any danger emanating from them. So, in for a penny, and all that. Well, as you can all see, I'm a mummy. My dad is a mummy, and his dad was a mummy, and his... You know where that goes. Any road, I don't know how much you all know about the existence of a mummy. We're in the cursing business, except we're not. We are the trinkets of those who do the actual cursing. They would cast these horrible little spells and we would run and do their bidding. Well, maybe not run. You've heard the stories of mummies, I guess. We're slow. Very, very slow. I'm getting off the point. As far back as I can remember, the point of a mummy was to be the pawns for the people with the power, and it was not something that I wanted. I thought it was degrading and silly. Don't get me wrong, we were paid well. However, if any of us didn't want to do the work, then we were cast out and treated like the scum of the earth. Not that any of us have actually decided to leave the profession, but we all knew from the constant bedtime stories that our parents told us as a warning about the mummy who went off on their own and nobody ever heard from them again. The Count clucked in sympathy. I understand your worries. All I got told from my mom and dad when I was a youngster, you know, before this was about the ghosties and the ghoulies and the evil beings out in the dark or in the closet or under the bed. Okay, technically speaking, 
They were correct. But I appreciate your anguish. Please, allow me for you to continue. Uh, thanks, Count. Where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. We knew as kids that there probably wasn't a renegade mummy. But if it's told to you every night, then it becomes real enough to believe and scare you into working the traditional job. Ah, yeah. The profession. The noble profession that had my dad coming home always tired and complaining about the standard of people being cursed these days. It's always over too quickly and I really need the overtime what with the new one on the way, he would say. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure why we've got Yorkshire accents, considering we live near the Carpathian forests. I've got a question for you after you've finished your story. Wolfie had come back from checking out the kitchen. It might be important. Oh, and the kettle's on. Okay. Where was I? Again. All right. I really did not want to carry on with the traditional job of the mummy. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew it wasn't to stumble through the woods after some person who had the misfortune to annoy some curse giver because they didn't buy something from them or because they looked at them funny. I knew that wasn't the life I was after. And I knew that I had to run, not shamble, away. Because that was the easiest option. But I couldn't just leave my family not knowing what was going on. I didn't want to be the new scary bedtime story. So I sat them down one night after supper. I sat them down and I told them how I felt and what I wanted to do about it. And it went really well. Really? asked Igor. No, not really. My dad flew into a complete rage. How did I end up with such an ungrateful child after all I've done for you and I ask for doubt in return? Definitely not this. On and on it went, and I just had to wait for him to calm down. My mummy, my actual mummy, was just in tears. But, you know, we made of bandages, basically, so there wasn't really an excess need for tissues. Which is something of a bright point. It was taking quite a while for my dad to calm down, so I thought I'd just go for a walk while he raved and my mum wailed about how she was such a bad influence and this never would have happened in her day. So I left, and I just walked about the forest with an ironic shuffling gait, just to try it, but it just really wasn't for me, you know. I'm my own mummy, it turns out, and I just wanted to move away from the whole traditional side and try something else. Art, maybe. Or cooking, perhaps. I do make a mean Yorkshire pud. But my point is this. I wanted to live rather than exist. And that wasn't something I could do at home. So there I was, walking about the forest. I tried this shuffling about. I even did the whole one arm in front of me while groaning a bit. But I felt nothing. And it was just after that that all of a sudden the ground fell away from me and... Here I am. Good Lord, that's quite the story. The Count seemed genuinely interested in Mummy's tale, which took Igor by surprise. 
Maybe there was more to the midlife crisis having self-involved, girdle-wearing, preening individual that was the Count. The loss of Van's family is the biggest loss Van person could suffer. With this, the Count dissolved into smoke and floated near the ceiling. Wolfie broke the awkward silence. So, is it all right if I ask my question now, Mummy? Aye, sure, fire away. You said that you and your family lived in the Carpathian Forest, is that right? Aye, I did that. Quite a nice place, actually. No trouble with neighbours. Loads of space to grow your herbs and stuff. Well, thing is, it was in the Carpathian region that I suffered my curse. I was in the same area just before I ended up here. What about you, Igor? Count. I say, Count. Can he hear me when he's smoking? Come on, Count, you know there's a ban on smoking in the workplace. With a strange sort of whoosh that somehow made your mental flesh creep, the Count retook his recent appearance. Mophie continued. Tell me, you two, which area did you come from? You know, just before you end up here. I was just about to mention that myself. The Count and I were working in his castle, and that is in the Carpathian region. Lumpy, did you live in Carpathia? Before Lumpy could attempt an answer, the Count did it for him. I know where he's from. He too is from the same region. He is the work of the Mad Doctor. I recognize his work anywhere. He is a genius, but his stitching could be the work of a blind leper. The Count continued under his breath. Stupid mad doctor and his stupid bringing back the dead trick. He never let me live that one down at the coffee evenings. Oh, Count, I've made another one. How about you, annoying little man? The rest of the room were backing away slowly from the red-eyed Count, all the while never taking their own eyes off of him. Even mummy. Coming back to the original question. We were all in the same region. We were all suffering some sort of life-changing dramatic event and we've all ended up here. All that in itself is very, very strange. Add to that the kitchen that showed up when mummy got here and I'm pretty sure that the place got bigger when the rest of you showed up. I don't know about you lot but it does seem like there's some kind of something that's controlling what is going on. I know that personally, I could well be slaughtering some innocent just now, but here, I've no urge for anything stronger than some steak tartare. And I know I'm going to be repeating myself, but it's something to do with that mysterious door. A door? You mean we can get out of here? Well, sort of. And no. There's a door. That shows up sporadically. It's not there just now, but I figure if we wait, it's bound to show up again at some point, and then we can investigate. At least, that's if you would want to investigate. The other three seemed less than keen last time, and then you showed up and we got distracted. Dear Wolfie, it's not that we didn't want to go through, it was just that we. we. Okay, I admit I got a little touch of regard for my potential safety in the threat. Do it. I am afraid that I just got plain scared, Wolfie, said Igor. It got to the moment of fight or flee, and as it took me by total surprise, happening so quickly and all, 
I took the flea, as it were, option. Wolfie looked at Lumpy and pointed to where the door had been before and indicated, as he had before, about going through. Lumpy nodded to show he understood, but he shook his head, cuddled his arms around his gigantic frame and shrugged his giant shoulders. Sorry, Wolfie. Scared. Wolfie walked over to him, craned his neck to look up at Lumpy in the eyes and gently patted him on a forearm that was bigger than a hungry lion's appetite. And Lumpy gently smiled. Silence hung over the air. So, is that kettle boiled yet or what? Wolfie barked a laugh at Mummy. Sure, how many lumps? So here we leave this gang of five for the time being. Will the tea be to Mummy's liking? Will the Count figure out if he wants to get a sports car or a motorbike? Will the door show up again? It's back. Igor showed a hitherto unknown enthusiasm. The door. It's fuzzy, but it's there. It's showing up again. The infamous five were in a line, shoulders touching, probably the closest they had stood to another living soul. It's a turn of phrase, in a very long time. The door was getting more solid with every passing second until it got to the point where it looked just like an everyday door. One you would see on any house on any street. It even had a number on it. The number 13. Well, that's just a little bit cliched. An excited Wolfie took up his chance again. Okay, it's back. We don't know for how long, so I think we should go through. Even just a peek. I think we owe it to ourselves to at least have a peek. A peep? A sneaky look. Just the one eye. Or close one eye. Just use one eye. Come on, you guys. We'll open it up a tiny bit. That's it. Just a sneaky look. Mummy seemed to be taking the bait. I could go for a sneaky look. Excellent. How about the rest of you? Count took up the mantle of spokesman, much to an open-mouthed Igor's surprise. My suggestion is this. You and Mummy take a sneaky peek and the rest of us can guard the beanbag chair just in case someone else arrives. I can deal with that. Okay, now you two take Lumpy and wait by the chair and us two will take this peek. Wolfie, in his previous life, was quite laid back. Boring. But with the genes of the lycanthrope within him, he had more of a passion about him. Wolfie and Mummy stood by the door while the others got into position. All right, Mummy, you ready? Let's do this, Wolfie. Whatever's causing this has given me the weirdest feeling in my gut. Good or bad, I'm not sure. But it's pulling me. I get it. Me too. Okay. On three. On three. One, two, three, twist. No, on three. One, two, then three and twist at the same time. Righto, just checking. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Wolfie and Mummy both twisted the door handle and with surprising delicacy cracked the door open for a sneaky peek. Wolfie's eyes widened as he saw what was beyond the door. Mummy's eyes did the same. Probably. They opened the door wide and without thinking stepped across the threshold. 
It was a dark room, dusty, reeked of old age. Not human old age. There was no stench of wee or tea bags. This was a room that seemed to have existed for a long, long time. It felt ancient. It wasn't even the biggest. Sure, Lumpy could stand upright with no issues, but it didn't scream space. Wolfie and Mummy walked to the middle of the room, taking in the new part of this adventure, and it was only when they turned back to the door that they noticed. Yep, you guessed it. The door had gone. Mummy summed up their feelings. Oh, boogie. And that is all for this week's episode of Popcorn and Monsters. Join me in two weeks to find out what happens in the next step of their adventure. Keep hold of your ticket stubs if you want to get a free batch of popcorn. And now, it is time to run the credits on this episode of Popcorn and Monsters. The $8 tier patron producers, and they are Courtney Eli, Kelly Van Dutch surname, Rachel Miller, Amber Shoulder, Rihanna Potas, Carla Crawford, Connie, Fiber Ash, Dalen Pear, Brandy Johnson, Stephanie Mattingly, Kristen Dunaway, Nicole Snyder, Nietzsche Florea, Katie Bischoff, Samantha Mason, Ali, and Alicia Tully. Thank you all very much. If you too would like to be a producer, if you want to be a producer and if you'd like to support the show at any level if you head to patreon.com forward slash popcorn and monsters we have one five and eight dollar tiers you get a shout out and at five dollars you get your shout out and some merch at eight dollars you get the same again plus after two months of support you get a patron exclusive mug that are proving to be incredibly popular so if you'd like to do that then just pop over there in the meantime, my friends, keep holding your tickets for the next showing. Cut. <laughs>